Welcome to The Brian Buffini Show, where we explore the mindsets, motivation, and methodologies of success. Here's your host, Brian Buffini. Well, the top of the morning to you. I hope that music gets you fired up to start your day. It certainly does me. We're going to talk today about something close to the heart. This didn't take me a long time to outline this particular podcast because this is something I think about all the time, very close to the heart. And the title is called Manners Maketh Money. A little play, if you've ever seen the movie The Kingsman, and it's kind of a spoof on kind of the James Bond culture, if you will, or British Secret Service. And so Colin Firth is kind of like this superhero guy in The Kingsman. And he's in a, a British bar scene, and they're all like cockneys, and they're giving him grief. Ah, toss on, mate. Get out of here, you know? And anyway, they're being rude, crude, and obnoxious. He's in the suit and tie. He's got the umbrella. He's walking out of the bar. They're kind of challenging him to have a fight. And he walks to the door, and he closes the door instead of leaving the door. They think he's going to go away. And he closes the door, and he locks the door. There's three locks as he snaps each lock. He says a word, and the first lock snaps, and it goes, manners. And he snaps the next one. He says, maketh. And then he snaps the third lock, and it's man. Manners maketh man. He then turns around, takes his umbrella, and proceeds to, you know, just basically wail on five guys and knock them out and do the whole thing. And that's a little bit of what I'm going to talk to you about today. And I'm going to talk about, from a pragmatic standpoint, I'm going to talk about manners maketh money. But I also believe that manners maketh man and woman because I believe they're a great reflection and a builder of character. In this podcast, we try to do mindset. We try to talk about motivation and we get into methodologies. All three are tied up actually in good manners. There's a gal out there. Her name is Miss Manners and she's the person they consult on the Today Show about what fork should go with what knife and what the right settings are for Thanksgiving or a a special dinner or that kind of stuff. And that's kind of not what I'm talking about. I'm not asking you to lift your little finger drinking a cup of tea. What I am talking about is how to live a countercultural lifestyle that is deemed towards success. You know, are most people happy? Not according to most recent surveys where less than a quarter of people are typically viewing themselves as being happy. Are most people successful? Less than 15% of the population would say that they're successful. Are most people rich? Are most people healthy? Are most people fabulously happy in their marriage? The truth of the matter is, to be successful in life, you better be countercultural. Now, not to be a rebel just for the sake of it, or to be in rebellion just for the sake of it. This is with the purpose. If you want to be successful, you have to swim against the current. You just have to. If you want to be successful financially, you have to budget, you have to save, you have to invest, you have to earn more than you spend. You have to be willing to delay gratification. You have to be willing to stay the course. Those are the things that are countercultural. Every part about that is counterculture. It was interesting. I just bought my bride a, a car here. Buying a car is a great example of the whole cultural experience. And so sure enough, you know, every sales pitch on top of every sales pitch, it's no big deal. Just add it to the payments, add it to the payments. I finally negotiate the deal. And then finally I tell the guy I'm paying cash and It's such a shock to the guy's system. He didn't quite know what to do. How could you be paying cash? What do you do for a living, by the way? What do you do? And this guy tries to talk me out of it. The finance manager tries to talk me out of it. The sales manager tries to talk me out of it. 
And then as the three of them are now around the table, like pressing in, and I sent Beverly, I said, Bev, as soon as the negotiations started, I sent her out. I said, you go out, read your book in the car, I'll let you know. She's, she doesn't like the process, and it was about to get frisky. And so finally, the three lads around me, and I finally, I had enough, and I said, lads, let me ask you this. Could any one of you guys write a check for a car like this in cash and not affect your lifestyle at all? And every one of them just like stopped. I wasn't trying to be obnoxious about it, just, but they were like pressing me for about 20 minutes. I said, but can any one of you write a check like this for a car and not affect your lifestyle at all? And each one of them said, no. I said, so why would you try to press the guy who's actually got it to do something he doesn't believe in? And it was interesting. Now, I'm not telling you a lie. My assistant Jeanette's sitting in here today. The main salesman and the main sales manager are already signed up to go to the San Diego Success Tour here because at the end of it, they want, what do you do? And how do you do it? But the pressure was so heavy for me just to conform to do what, well, everybody does this. This is what everybody does. This is very unusual. This is very unusual. Even I'm buying a high-end car. This is very unusual. 99% of our customers, they finance. 99% of our customers, they get this. The 95% of our customers just add this onto the payment. And I wasn't having any of it. And the bottom line is, The truth of the matter is that living by your values and living by your principles, ultimately you have to be like a rock where the river and the current of the culture washes over you. But eventually you become a dam where they say, what are you doing? How are you living this way? And so I found that to be the case in my marriage. I found that to be the case in raising my kids. We haven't just done the pop psychology crap and followed the crowd on that deal either. And then people say to you, after they don't agree with you and don't agree with you, your kids are terrific, how'd your kids are? Hey, you guys are married 29 years and you're madly in love. How does that work? So I'm trying to share with you today, if you go where the crowd is going, they don't know where they're going. And I'll share with you the one thing that I see consistently that I think is a great unique advantage in the marketplace is having good manners. And we are drifting every single day towards becoming a more self-absorbed culture, a more self-consumed culture, that the more self-absorbed you become, the more less aware you are of others, the less good manners, the less good taste, the less hospitality, everything. So I want to talk about that today. I want to build out the problem here first, and that first and foremost, we have this steady decline in good manners. Now, I want to share with you why I think this has accelerated in recent years and why this is a topic for our conversation today. I always used to say when I was selling real estate, when there was a problem, I'd go see the person face to face. And the reason being is I'd watch agents constantly lose transactions and lose good customers because of email exchanges. Because people will say things in an email that lacks context. It lacks the framework of where a person's coming from. And it also can be an impatient form of just getting the words out. And the next thing you know, someone says something in an email they would never say to someone on a telephone. And someone would say something to someone on a telephone. They would never say to somebody face-to-face. And so I always said when there was a big problem on a transaction or a challenge came up, I went to see the person face-to-face and we worked it through and didn't just solve the problem but maintain and preserve the relationship. Well, let's take that principle and accelerate it now to the online culture and the social media culture. And this started years ago where people could comment on social media and in online forums. And it's... All of a sudden, there's no accountability. There's no consequences. There's these made-up names. And so people then become more and more terse, more and more harsh, to the point now that it's outlandish, the things that are said online. 
the only time someone ever hears any consequences is when someone gets so carried away, they get so enveloped in the process that they make some kind of threat or they say something that's so extreme that they actually get in trouble with the authorities. And so what's happening is you have a whole generation of people who are grown up that you can basically say whatever you want to say without accountability. Now, this is at the same time where an environment of political correctness has taken over the culture, where people in public life are afraid to say anything. And so you have, in public life, we have this stilted speech, and in private life, more and more radical all the time. Well, what it affects is the heart. And so what we're seeing is a steady decline in good manners. Here's a great little tip for this. Don't say anything anywhere, online, in an email, on a phone, that you wouldn't be prepared to say to someone face-to-face. And if you keep that in mind, you might preserve your humanity. The next thing is we have this unaccountable culture where people's behaviors and mannerisms and so on and so forth, that you can kind of just be unaccountable. Bigger cities, bigger living, that tends to be the case. It used to be we lived in smaller communities. I grew up on a street, there's 47 houses on my street. My kids are shocked that we just were home for Christmas there and I could name every single family who lived in every single house on our cul-de-sac. And my kids wouldn't know the names of the people on our street. There's a famous football player on our street. They know him, right? He's a celebrity. But people don't know their neighbors. It used to be that people went to church, and if they didn't show up for church, they'd get seven or eight phone calls. Are you okay? Is everything okay? Now we have mega churches. You might fall down in the parking lot. They'd put cones around you and keep directing traffic. So what's happened is we've lost the sense of community we have. We've lost that accountability and that connection. And it all leads to this dynamic of not treating each other as well as we can. Our standards start to slip. And the big part here in the more self-absorbed culture is we lose our sense of self-awareness. I don't know about you, but I'm a guy that in traffic, I let another car in. Someone's trying to get out of a, a strip mall or whatever else, and I'm on a street. I let him out. The amount of times that in my life today that I'll actually see someone acknowledge when you let them in or your courtesy on the road or whatever else, it's like as if you don't exist. Now, I don't get mad at that. I just feel bad for them. I feel bad when somebody's that self-consumed and that unaware that they go through life. And when you go through life without appreciation, acknowledgement, whatever else, it affects the heart. And so this is not a new deal. I saw a quote here recently. It said, the hardest job kids face today is learning good manners without seeing them. What I love about that quote, it's from Fred Astaire. Okay, so this is from the 1950s. So it's not like kids today, kids today. We learn by seeing, we learn by servicing. You know, your mannerisms and behavior characteristics, they make you who you are. And so we need to know that the making of us can actually be reflected in the character of our good manners. And I want you to know that it's something that absolutely will help you in life, it'll help you in relationships, and it'll ultimately help you in business. And that's what we're going to talk about today. Because when you have good manners, the second major point I want to share with you today is that it's easy to stand out. It's easier to stand out today than ever before. Because we've already talked about it, right? So let me give you some stats to back up my points of view here today. University of Chicago showed that a new survey finds that 74% of Americans believe we've become more rude as a nation over the last several decades, okay? A recent Harris poll asked 2,250 adults last fall to compare their memory of school dynamics when they were students with today's students. 
And the percentage of respondents who agreed that the students respect their teachers dropped from 79% to 31%. Okay? Ask people who are teachers for the last 30 years and compare the culture today as opposed to 30 years ago. Now, again, I'm not one to blame the kids. I'm not one to blame the kids. I believe there's been a lot of failed parenting strategies mixed into this where we haven't held the kids to the standard. We haven't asked them. We haven't demanded them. Hey, say thank you. Say please. Be respectful. Look them in the eye. Shake their hands. Now, I'm going to say this. My kids, if they're listening to this podcast, are turning it off because they've heard this and hear this and will hear this till the day the old man's gone. Now, my kids are very respectful and very courteous and they get great kudos wherever they go. But the fact is, it's something that was demanded from Beverly and I. It was expected. And initially, sometimes you do it out of a sense of duty, but exercising good manners exercises the heart. That's the bottom line. It's like a workout for the heart. Extending good manners to somebody when they don't acknowledge or appreciate it is a workout for the heart. Now, what I also tell you is that when you give the good energy and you give the good manners and someone turns them in kind, it's just very confirming. I'm on the right track. It's so nice to be nice, as they say. We have to become connected to that, all right? And so it's easy to stand out when you have good manners in your business, when you have good manners in your interactions, when you have good manners in how you serve your customers. It's a radical shift in how people are being interacted with all the time. Yesterday was one of my errand days. So I had a a list of things I'd built up over about a month. And yesterday I just attacked them. I love days like that. I free up my schedule. I check in with the office early. I check in with the office late. In the meantime, I just get a bunch of errands. And I did a bunch of stuff that involved me getting in touch with the customer service people. And it was across the board. But I'd say for the most part, it was dronish at best. And when I finally talked to somebody, and I have a phrase, you know, I, I challenge people in retail all the time. If you act like a drone, eventually you'll be replaced by one. And it's not that retail is the problem. It's that the service is the problem. And the energy that people give is the problem. And the lack of respect that people give is a problem. And so it's easy to stand out. Here's a couple of things. Good manners, they set you apart. They set you apart. It's like a diamond. It's like a rose out of the thorns and thistles. It just sets you apart. It's so easy. It's so easy. Because so many people are not doing it. When you have good manners and you stay the course, and it becomes part of who you are. It just sets you apart. Next thing, it gives people a good feeling about you. No matter what. It gives people a good feeling about you. And you just see it all the time. Just that people respond. People respond. Not everybody responds. And that's very important. And you can't be, hey, I did good manners, you jerk. What's wrong with you? I held the door for you, you jerk. What's it? I let you in, you jerk. You know, that's not an attitude of the heart. I have committed to a life of good manners and courtesy and respect because I want to reflect who I am. And that's why I do it. And I do it for the joy of that. And along with that, sometimes some people really get lit up by it. But everybody notices it because it sets you apart. Okay? When I'm in a seminar and people ask questions, I'm always respectful of the person. I'm always gracious to the person. Always. Have been for 23 years on stage. I have people come to me and say, man, we sign up for your coaching program. We were at this other guy and he just treated the people so disrespectfully. And, you know, in the other situation, I felt like he was preying upon people's low self-esteem. A very common technique. What a lousy way to live. What a great way to live is giving people good energy, giving people respect, giving every person, giving them respect, irrespective of who they are, giving them respect. So it sets you apart. It gives people a good feeling about you. And then it does 
encourage others to reciprocate, okay? So as we talk about this, you know, a couple of quotes on setting you apart. Theodore Roosevelt said, politeness is a sign of dignity, not subservience. How profound is that, okay? You know, in today's world, we have so many people that think, you know, I'm belittling myself. We have a program here at Buffini Company where we call servant leaders. And I've had people who've written me letters. How dare you call the people who work for you servant leaders? And I go, wow, wow, you're so far off the boat. They don't understand that this is an upside down pyramid. I'm the lead servant, which means I'm here to serve all of them. And then I serve the leaders and the leaders then serve the next group and so on and so forth. And that's the people. The entry-level employee at Buffini and Company is served by many layers from the people that technically are above them in hierarchy but are below them in regards to service. It's very, very powerful. So it's a sign of dignity, okay? Peter Drucker, the great management guru and leadership guru, says, manners are the lubricating oil of an organization. You want to build a great organization. One of our core values at Buffini Company is to speak to the person in the way they need to be spoken to. We use the process of the heritage profile. You've heard Kevin Buffini on podcasts be interviewed. So we can speak to one another the way that person needs to be spoken to. Okay? So, very, very powerful. The good manners, they set you apart. They give people a good feeling about you. Okay? Maya Angelou said this, I've learned that people will forget what you said. They will forget what you did, but people will never forget how you made them feel. Now, that's a quote that I probably say once a week for the past 30 years since I first came across it. It's very, very profound. People will forget. You know, all the stuff that we chase in glory, all that stuff disappears. All the stuff we try to acquire, that's all going to end up in a dumpster one day or in a landfill. But people will never forget how you made them feel. How do you make people feel? That's my question right now. Just stop the podcast, and I want you to ask yourself the question, how do I make people feel? How do I make my spouse feel or partner? How do I make my kids feel? Why don't you ask them? Gulp. Why don't you ask them? How do you make your clients feel? How do you make your staff feel? How do you make the every person walking down the street feel? How do you make the waiter or waitress feel? How do you make them feel? Are you telling me, Brian, that your goal is to make everybody feel a little better at the end of the day? And the answer is yes. End of story. Relentlessly. And you just never know. You just never know. You know, here's the thing. I get letters all the time, and David loves reading out your letters and all the people who write in and send emails in and the people who say, you know, I just, I love the podcast. It's changed my life and it just gives me great energy for the day. Well, it's not like all of a sudden I come in here, put the headset on and all of a sudden I change me spots and become something different than I am 23 and a half hours a day. This is the way you live all the time. So that's why we're going to be doing more and more Q&A here. I love interacting with people and having conversations because it's a relentless pursuit to be others-focused, outwardly-focused. And oh, by the way, there's huge benefits to it. Now, I'm going to say that, you know, we entitle this thing, manners maketh money. Do I do it for the money? God, that, that would be the worst thing in the world. But I also don't want you to be unaware that when you are respectful, when you are courteous, when you are helpful, when you give great energy, don't be shocked when your business is better. Don't be shocked when your customers stay longer. Don't be shocked when your customers tell their friend. Very, very powerful, all right? And so it gives people a good feeling about you. And then ultimately it encourages others to reciprocate. My father used to say, give it out in slices, it'll come back in loaves. And that's true. Now, will everybody reciprocate? No, of course not. And sometimes someone's having a bad day. Sometimes someone's having a bad month or year. Sometimes someone's having a bad life. 
sometimes they're a bad dude or a bad dudette, okay? That's just the way it is. There's people who are freaking miserable in this life, all right? And so here's the bottom line. I always have good manners and respect and courtesy for them all. And I don't have that expectation. And so I actually don't have that expectation of anyone to reciprocate in kind. But when they do, it's such a joy. When they do, it's such a joy. I had a couple of interactions over the holidays. My girls over to Thanksgiving, they said they want to do Black Friday. And I said, not a chance. I'm not doing it. No way. So their mom went out. And the girls came back and they said, never again, Dad. Never again. People were so rude, obnoxious, cutting each other off in the parking lot, doing this. They're like, what was that all about? So as the holidays continued on, we went out a couple more times. Well, I was out shopping with the girls and it was a crazy Friday night, busy, busy. And I remember I was in a parking lot and I was getting some groceries to cook a meal up to all the family was with us. And I'm going down the middle of a, a lane in the parking lot and this fella comes around and he kind of slams on his brake. And I'm like, oops. I said, sorry about that. He might have been the wrong. I might have been. It didn't matter. I said, sorry about that. He rolls down his window and I'm not sure what to expect. He said, I thought you were going head to head on me. And I said, well, I think you might have won. The next thing you know, both of us just started laughing. Just started laughing. And it was just this nice, pleasant interaction. A man I'll never meet again. But I will tell you, for the next 15 minutes, I kind of had a giggle in myself. And I guarantee you, he did as well. We were about to go head to head, me with a shopping cart and him with the, I think he had a Mercedes. <laughs> and it was going to be a one-on-one. And it was just this fun little interaction. It kind of gave me a little juice. And I guarantee it gave him a little juice. It's just good stuff. And that will happen. Little human interactions that make this life a little more worthwhile, make it a little more fun. And so here's the final payoff, because I know many of you listen to this, have a business, run a business. And I want to share with you a couple of tips. And I'm going to share with you tips. Maybe your mom and dad haven't given it to you. Maybe they did and you forgot. Maybe you've just drifted along with the culture. And you think of yourself as a respectful person. Or a well-mannered person. But, you know, the problem is, you know, we judge ourselves by our intentions and we judge everyone else by their actions. And is it possible other people are judging us by our actions? Yeah, for sure. And so here's the third major point here today is how manners make money. So here's three things I want to give you. First, good manners are great for building relationships. Next, when done consistently, they make you a professional And then uh, I'm going to give you a good manners checklist, all right? So good manners are great for building relationships. So think about this. Let's think about bad manners, disrespect, discourteous behavior, harsh talk, harsh communication. Is there any way that any of those things are good for a relationship? Is it possible that treating people rudely is good for a relationship? Is it possible disrespecting people is good. So it's shocking that I even have to say this stuff, but the fact is, I mean, this is like, seriously, this is stuff that's not common. It's common knowledge. It's not common practice. Being courteous, having good manners is great for building relationships. And so here's a St. Basil, Basil, as they would say in the States. He's the theologian. And he said, he who sows courtesy reaps friendship. Beautiful, right? He who sows courtesy reaps friendship. Here's an English-Irish novelist named Lawrence Stern. said, respect for ourselves guides our morals. Respect for others guides our manners. Okay? And that's what this is all about. It's about having that respect. Secondly, when done consistently, good manners makes you professional. 
I have built a business around writing people personal notes and thank you notes. Buffini Company produces 12 million personal notes a year for our customers. Think about that. One of the largest note distributors in the world because we teach as part of our common practice good manners, respect, courtesy. And our clients will tell you, it's the hardest thing to do every day. We ask them to write a couple of notes a day, five days a week. And we send our members 50 notes every month that are kind of designed and styled and all this kind of stuff. And they'll tell you it's the hardest thing in the world is to get through 50 in a month, which is 600 a year. 600 notes in a year. Now, last year I wrote over 2,600 notes myself. Okay? So you write 600 notes in a year. That's 600 people that you invested in. And when you write a personal note, by the way, you write a, a smaller envelope, nice card. Have you ever thought of anyone writing a scathing personal note? It's rare. Very rare. That's why when people open up their mail, if there's a handwritten personal note, they'll open it up first. Why? Because there's usually good sentiments in it. Someone who writes a note and is consistent, what happens is it makes you a pro. It makes you a pro. People come to count on that. They count on your character. And if you're in the service industry, this is liquid gold. Okay? Ralph Waldo Emerson said, good manners are made up of petty sacrifices. And that's so true. Trust is built with consistency. That's a fact. And we all know that. And we all respect it. But we don't often see the gap in ourselves. Okay? So the more consistent you are, please and thank you. Manners maketh man. Manners maketh woman. Manners maketh money. And so we have just a couple of things here. Here's your checklist, okay? So your good manners checklist. Please and thank you. When was the last time you thanked someone for their business? I will say this. When I work with charities all the time, and I experience this myself, very few charities, ministries, do a good job of thanking people for donations. Very few. It's always on to the next, on to the next. They're great at getting the word out. We need this, we need that, we need this, we need that. Sometimes they'll even say what the totals are towards it. But very, very rarely. And when I have come in and consulted with charities and ministries, or sat on board positions. They never have a program in place to thank, acknowledge, and appreciate the people who are already giving. Oh, by the way, manners make it money. When we've instituted programs in these different charities and organizations to actually thank and appreciate people, the giving goes way through the roof. Because when people are appreciated and thanked, they're acknowledged for it. Now, it's not why they do it, but it's nice to be appreciated for what you're doing. They're more likely to give again. I've seen this. We work with... Many different groups worked at a school in Mississippi. There was a boarding school down there called the Piney Woods Organization. And once they put in place a systemized form of appreciation for givers and donors and stayed in contact with people, their giving went through the roof. So please and thank you. Next, in personal contact, shake hands, make eye contact. Now, again, I know this is like, Brian, please, hello. I deal with people all the time. The amount of people who don't shake your hand properly look in the eye. My mother used to call it a wet fish. And they just kind of hand you this, no strength in the hand, no connection in the hand. Now, also don't be a knuckle cracker, but just a firm handshake and look someone in the eye. The eyes are the window of the soul. Why am I telling you this? Because it's common knowledge. It's not common practice. Common sense. But it's uncommon in the marketplace we live in today. Next, acknowledge others. Be relentless. No matter what other people's response is, be relentless in acknowledging someone. Now, here's again, and I'm making the case of pragmatism here. GE did a survey years ago of their employees, 
and they found that of 40,000 employees, by a factor of nine to one, that the employees would rather be acknowledged than even paid more money. At Buffini Company, we have a program here called Catch Someone Doing Something Right, and we have acknowledgement cards we give to staff people, and they write a note, and they acknowledge one another. We have acknowledgements all the time in the organization, acknowledge people for their years of service and all the different things they do. It is very, very powerful. It leads to us having this great culture at our office. And so acknowledging people. Here's the key. When was the last time you acknowledged people in your home for doing the things they may do every day and appreciating the people at home so we don't take one another for granted? And so it's very, very powerful. I'm married 28 years, but my wife will still light up when I acknowledge her for those things that she does every day that oftentimes go unnoticed. Very, very powerful. Here's another tip for you. Now, this is very powerful. I'm actually going to do a whole podcast on this at some point in time, which is the power of hospitality. But be a good host. Be a good host. Now, I have, I believe, an unfair advantage in this regard because I was raised in Ireland. And we're an island nation. We are hospitable by nature, but we're also hospitable by the dynamic that for a long, long time, one of our key sources of revenue was tourism. So we had so many people visiting Ireland. We're proud of our land, proud of our country. And so we'd always want to put the best foot forward. When you are in a mode of hospitality, let me share with you, it's the most powerful form of customer service. It's the most powerful form of sales. It's the most powerful form of presentation because you're trying to put the best foot forward. And so be a good host. That's how I view somebody when they come to one of our seminars. Our staff is trained. You know, for that two days or three days or whatever it is, they're in our home and we want to make them feel at home and we want to go and make sure that every little need is taken care of. We have situations all the time. We have thousands of people at the seminars. We'll have people with special needs and someone who can't sit in the normal chair because they have a back problem. We'll get them a different chair. Someone who's feeling the temperature a different way. We'll locate them to a place in a ballroom that's either they're hot or they're cold or they're cold or they're hot. That's better. We've had people with learning disabilities. We have people with eyesight problems and lighting problems and whatever it is. We have people with special food needs. And you look at, we have thousands of people in these conferences and we constantly do our living best within reason to accommodate these people, make them feel at home. Be a good host. Be a good host. If you have a retail operation, someone walks into your store, view them as they're walking into your home. And you be a good host. Your behavior is not dependent on their attitude. Your attitude is not dependent on their behavior. So, very powerful. Last here is have a pleasing personality. Now, this is a little tip I want to give you, is have a pleasing personality without having to be a people pleaser. Now, a people pleaser, and any of us who've ever done this, I certainly have, is when we overstep our own standards or whatever else, in order to get people to like us. When you're in business, you want people to respect you first and like you second. But have a pleasing personality. How about this? If you're happy and you know it, tell your face. How about that? A pleasing personality. How about you smile once in a while? Crack the old pearlies. How about you give it just a little bit of energy? By the way, when you're around good energy and you give good energy, the energy multiplies. It's like, oh God, it's so exhausting. Well, let me tell you what's exhausting. What's exhausting is not receiving good energy from people. And it all happens to us. It all happens to us. But I will say this. You do this. Go to a public place. 
maybe even today as you listen to this podcast, go to a public place and for the entire, just really focus your effort on giving everybody a smile, good energy, good attitude. And here's what I promise you. You will be more energized. If you're in a mall, you're in a setting where people are busy and not everybody's going to acknowledge it, not everybody's going to reciprocate, but some of the people will, and it will re-energize you. So here's your checklist. Say please and thank you. Shake hands, make eye contact, acknowledge others, be a good host, have a pleasing personality. I hope today didn't come off as a grumpy old man trying to get something off his chest, uh, because that's certainly not what I'm trying to do. What I am trying to do is on a mission, a couple of things, if you will, the mindset, motivation, and methodologies to help people become more successful. But I also want to share with you something I deeply believe, and that is that the good guys and the good gals can finish first. I love Billy Joel as a kid, listening to him growing up, but he had one song that used to say, only the good die young. And I don't believe that. I believe that the good guys and the good gals sometimes are like the hare and the tortoise, but I ultimately believe you win and you win big. I watched a lot of biographies and documentaries over the holiday period of time. And the amount of people I saw that, you know, they had these extraordinary careers and whatever else, but they went through three marriages. Oh, the kids were a mess but this was a mess but they were on this kind of a drugs and couldn't get off it and whatever else and the culture focused on their success but to me they weren't a success they weren't a success and I'm not saying anybody who's had those challenges is not successful or can't be successful I'll just say this I'm all about helping people to live the good life and we have a system of working by referral in business to help people do that but we want to help people live the good life and part of the good life is enjoying your life. Part of this good life is making the world a better place than you found it. Part of the good life is if you've been blessed and you have had good things in your life, sharing that good energy with others. You know, life is hard. And there's people you'll come in contact with today that have struggles, that are going through something, that are dealing with something emotionally, mentally, personally, whatever it is. And a little bit of good energy from you, a little bit of light, a little bit of holding the door for somebody, letting somebody in, flashing a smile, your customers, giving them good energy, making them feel special, doing those kinds of things. Manners will be the making of you. And as that makes you, then I believe, then guess what? The money follows too. So I hope you enjoyed today's podcast. I want to hand over the podcast right now to Mr. David Lally, who has a few of your letters that you've been so kind to write and a few of your emails and this and that and the other. And it's going to make your day. It's going to make my day to hear from some folks who've been blessed by the podcast. So over to you, Dave. Manners maketh money and the good guys can win. Great stuff, Brian. As always, loved this content and we all did here in the control room today. Thanks to all of you who write your notes, reviews and comments. We do get so many from you. I wish I could share them all, but I have a couple I wanted to read today. Megan Kelly in Franklin, Massachusetts said, I'm new to your podcasts and quickly realized their value, not just from a business development standpoint. I sometimes find in the quest for business development, core values can lose their priority. Glad to see you managing both and teaching how to do so as well. Love that, Megan. And I totally agree with that. Bill Hunt, Shirterville, Indiana. Listening to your podcast helped brighten my days in a very difficult time. Thank you, Brian. Well, thanks to you both. And for all you listeners, we love hearing from you. So don't forget to leave us a review over at iTunes. Uh, Send us a note if you feel like it. It helps us know what content you do like and also gets the word out to others. In the meantime, here's Brian's mum, Therese, with an Irish blessing to sign us off. May the road rise up to meet you and may the wind always be at your back. May the rain fall soft upon your fields 
and the sun shine warm upon your face. And until we meet again, may God hold you in the hollow of his hand. See you next time.